live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Peregrine begins the breakout to the far side of center. Behind the D, Valeno scores! Off the left post and in. Joe Valeno puts the Red Wings up 3-1. to It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. There will be no screaming. There will be no yelling. There will be nothing nothing of that nature. John Von Toll will hear Adam Hill alongside. Steve Cofield will be along later. What are you, anti-fun? I'm not anti-fun. I just – Steve's weird because for like to take people behind the scenes a little bit, and it's actually one of my favorite moments, I guess he's a consummate professional. You will show – I know you experienced this. You'll show up to the set, and Steve won't say a word. Like, he'll be like – pissed about something who knows right something something has gone wrong Life. he's angry about right yeah. and he won't say a word to you and then that music will start and he'll just be like ah and he'll scream and then the show starts and everything's good i can't do it can't turn it on like that i'm not over the top yelly guy it's a weird way to start any show but i think the listeners appreciate it i don't think it's a real friday for them until they hear it it's like the weekend starts when they hear that that's very true when they hear COVID and Company live from, of course, Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside TI. That's where we're at. Got tickets for you. If you're in the area, you want to come down, say what's up, get shirts. We've got that for you. We've also just got a really good time. As I mentioned, Steve's out in, where's he at? Fresno, right? I love Fresno. No, you don't. Fresno's great. Don't you have family there? 45 minutes. I always forget. S- north. 45 minutes north. Oof. Yeah. That's a vast wasteland. Have you ever been to Merced, California? Uh, I think I've driven through. <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. That's All those little spot. towns. Uh, Stockton. Uh, Vesalia, I think, is over yeah. there somewhere. Like yeah. I, I've been told that, you know, in the uh, <laughs> the native tongue, Los Banos is over there as well. Um, is that the bathroom? Right. Los Banos, yes. That's a city? Yeah. Well, it's like a little town. It's actually, that's how small Merced was. I guess that's where my wife, you like her family used to take their cars to get fixed before they had, like, stuff in Merced. How awful would it be to be living in a place called the bathroom? Wouldn't it be great? <laughs> I mean, that's why I've always thought about being raised in those areas, like, you know, like a baker, right? Like, where are you from? Oh, from Baker, California. Like, Nobody's from Baker. That strip of land? There's <laughs> no way anybody's actually from <laughs> Baker. And I'm amazed there's so many businesses there because I don't know where people live. That's very true. I've never seen a house. <laughs> uh, Steve's out there, by the way, because UNLV's playing Fresno State. So. Sure. Uh, UNLV and a little bit of a skid, so we'll get to that matchup and what the Rebels, who might be getting some, or A, reinforcement back into the lineup this weekend to stop said skid. Can I tell you, so I love coming out here to Golden Circle, mainly because I get to get out of the house. I don't really leave my house a lot. Sure. What is This is a very open-ended question. What is your stance on elevator etiquette? Because It's I've, fairly simple. I mean, you... You know, some, when the elevator stops, whoever's on it gets off of it. Right. Whoever is not on it, you wait until people get off, and then you get on. And then also, I think the if this if this is where you're going, I'm not sure. I think as soon as you get on, everybody picks a corner. Right. Yep. Pretty much. Like, don't stand in the middle of the elevator. Don't stand on the straight back. Like, stand. Everybody find a corner. So there were two there were two elevator related incidents that I ran into just now, like when I got here. 
the first uh, the first was I guess I can throw on three, but I think it's only two. So park in the parking garage, hit the button uh, on both sides on accident because I didn't think the button had lit up. So the first elevator comes like packed. There's like two strollers, six people. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll take the next one, whatever. The next one opens up. The second the door opens, Adam, the guy's hitting the close button. Like the second I see it open and he's already hitting the button to go. And I'm like, buddy, like, let me just get on. I'm not going to do anything. You think he was trying to close it before you got on? Oh, he like he was like as the doors were opening and I got to see him, he was already like he had hit it a couple of times already. Because I am hit the door closed guy. Well, if nobody's there. But I think you wait till everybody gets on before, well, that, before you right. do it. Or you see if there's nobody there. Like, that's the other part, right? A lot you of people just... don't won't even hit the door close. Well, here's the thing. So that's his mistake, by the way. Joke's on him. He was hitting the button for the floor that he wanted to go to. He wasn't hitting the door close button. So he was hitting the wrong one. Yeah, come on, buddy. Right. And then we had to stop again. And this is why I know he did it. Because we had to stop one more floor. And he was already doing it again. You think he saw somebody one time hitting the door closed like that, and he's like, oh, that's how you make it go? Right. I so guess. now he just pushes his floor button? He doesn't know that there was a door closed? I, I don't know, but I feel like it's really rude. And the other thing was, when we get down to the floor that I arrive at, the casino floor, so I can... He just ran? Uh, no. There was another guy who almost tackled me into the elevator because he was, like, blitzing in to get in. It was complete anarchy. That's the most unacceptable. I mean, I think... Not going to the corner is is really bothers me because I'm a, a space bro. Oh. Like I need space. I had to stand in the middle today on the way down because there was no other spot, so I just stand in the middle between everybody. That's rough. But that that bothers me. But people trying to get on the elevator before everybody gets off is infuriating, and I've seen it a couple times. Actually, I was close to doing it not long ago because I just assumed it was one of those times where you just assume an elevator is going to be empty, like there's nobody here at this time, and I went to get on, and there's people on. I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Backed away. Yeah, right. you know, go ahead. You but, showed contrition. Sure. Uh, but I, I, I did I did act quickly to get on. I was like, oh, oh, there's people here. Sorry. Yep. Sorry. Yep. Uh, but people that just do it and have no apologies for it, like, there are, but there are people that live their life that way completely. Like, in all areas, it's the people that will go around. If everybody's waiting to merge, they'll just zip around the entire, like, right. I'm more important than all these people. My time. Right. And there, there is an argument to be made that is how you're supposed to live life. I guess. Like, it's about you. Yeah. Right? There is an argument to yeah. be made. Like, I can never even imagine myself doing that. But there are people that act that way, and they, that's what they're like, hey, this, I'm not, I don't care about random person in their car. Yeah. I care about me getting where I'm going, and that's what I'm going to do. And there are people that do that. Oh, I've, I experienced a lot of that the other day, which we'll get to in, in part of our conversation sure. around drop a canna, which, oh. you know, I pray for all of you if you have had to experience that already. Um, who sucks more? Guy who tries to get on an elevator before everybody else gets off, or the Vegas Golden Knights after they lost to the Detroit Red Wings three two. Solid segue. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They're struggling. They are what four out of five. They are struggling. Yeah. And this was a seven game homestand with days off in between. This was going to be a chance to not only get you know rack up some points, uh, maybe create some separation in the division, which instead it went the other way and they're falling behind. Uh, but get healthy. Get rested because they had some off days, some practice days, which they really haven't had this year, uh, a chance to just find their game. Now, clearly, it's very easy to say they've got, like, seven of their best players not playing. So, you know, there is a very obvious reason for why they are losing, but they still have to be better. Like, you still have to win games. Like, nobody cares. The other teams don't care. The Red Wings don't care coming in. 
that you don't have those guys. The Capitals aren't going to care tomorrow. These teams don't care. Like, you have to figure it out. At the end of the year, it's not, you know, how many points did you get when the guys are healthy. It's how many points did you get. And they have to find a way. And I think that's why there's some frustration now bubbling over with Bruce Cassidy coming after some of the players. And if you've only got, you know, one of your best six or seven players, that one player has to be very, very good. And that hasn't happened. So um, there's a lot of things to try to figure out. Now, getting healthy is going to help a lot of it. But it's not, it's not even a guarantee. Last year we saw, like, at the end of the year, they finally got healthy. And they were all having a hard time kind of adapting to each other because they hadn't played together all year. So um, you need to find ways to get points even when not not everybody's out there. What you're referencing to, uh, Cassidy, after the game, um, one of the quotes that stuck was the one about Jack Eichel. said, quote, Jack just hasn't been the same driving force for us as he was at the start of the year on both ends of the ice. The expectations are not being met from Jack. He needs to be better for us, especially as we're down a few guys that create offense for us. He needs to be one of the drivers. Is that fair by Cassidy? to tell the media that. Yeah, I mean I think he's he's hinted at for a couple games. And he's kind of he's kind of insinuated and and as you're sitting there in the media room you're like, well, we know who he's talking about. Right. Um and I think he feels like it hasn't gone through. Now, look, I can tell you as been being in the locker room at practice the other day, like Jack Eichel gets it. He's not shying away from this. He's well, not. I would assume he, Cassidy, is having the same conversations oh, behind sure. the scenes, right, as he is sure. telling you guys. Because that's as a coach where you lose your team. If you're not relaying that message yeah. in private before you say it to the media, that's where you lose it. And I think at the same time, you know, I don't even think he needs to be said. I think Jack Eichel feels that. I think he wants to do it. I think he's pressing a little bit to try to make that happen without, um, you know, uh, sometimes that that's not effective when you try too hard. Uh, without you know having a, the right direction necessarily, so um, there's a lot of things to work out. But I think this is the message being delivered loud and clear. No subtleties. No, you know, who is he talking about? It's it's right here. Here it is. You know that guy needs to be better right now. And I, and I think look, he understands it. He appreciates it. I don't I don't know that this is going to change anything, but it does have it on the table, and it has put him in a spotlight to say he better do something. I see you got the starting goal last night. I did, yeah. A Hill. That's never going to get old. How'd that go? <laughs> uh, this is the first time I got to make the reference to you. Sure. As you uh, rock your Detroit Red Wing shirt. It doesn't happen often. It doesn't happen often on Twitter. Like you know, when the they announce the starting goalie, I don't usually get the tweet. You're a starting goalie? Oh, I didn't know you were playing. Okay. It's not fair. I don't, get to, make the, I don't get to make the reference. It is very close. I haven't seen you. It's two letters. <laughs> it is two letters. And one of the letters is like half of one of your letters. N. True. And the I instead of an A. <laughs> right. Like they're right very close. <laughs> uh, really quick, Shea Theodore, Brett Hatton, both back on the ice skating. Yeah, be back there's soon? progress. It's a while. Yeah, right. I mean, obviously, Mark Stone is the biggest question mark right. and the biggest concern and fear. And um, nobody has said what it is, but I think there's a lot of people that are insinuating and feeling what it is. And I think they're probably right that it is most likely the same issue that he experienced last year. And that is very, very concerning. So you'd say there's mystery surrounding it. Much like there was mystery surrounding the activities of one owner, National Football League owner, in a bathroom. I don't know how much of a mystery that is. <laughs> when we come back, we'll discuss the mystery of what Jim Irsay allegedly may or may not have been doing in Josh McDaniels' bathroom and why he left my team at the altar. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at me, JVT, or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. Hello, fans of Harvester Sports. There's been a long-awaited podcast that we've talked about doing for several weeks now. And yes, we do have a ton of fun content. But look, let's be honest. It's my brother. And he's going to go find another job. 
He's going to try to play quarterback in the NFL again with another team. And right now, it's a little touchy, okay? There's some things going on. They're trying to work a trade. Derek has to accept the trade. Mark Davis tried to trade me once. It didn't work out. You are listening to Cofield and Company, live at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. The wonderful voice of David Carr, referencing his brother, Donald Carr, no, Derek Carr, uh, that everybody wants to know the story behind uh, what happened. Do we all really want to know? I think we kind of know. Well, I've heard stories. Sure. Those aren't the stories that are going to be told on the, uh, we'll call it, potentially slanted podcast interview that comes out at some point. I can't wait for the harvest of sports. That's the real, the real info. So I know that da- Darren, I was going to do this, David. Darren? Whatever. Yeah, D. D Darren, is, Darren is a brother. Is he? Okay. Yeah. So uh, I was about to say, they did the 3D things when, as somebody who has two children, both started with D because we wanted to do the, the same letter thing. Um, but at least they don't all sound alike, right? So, like, what are they? So it's Darren, David, and Derek? Yeah. All right. At least Diego and Dimitri sound different. Not really. Yeah, they do. There's, yeah, they're different enough. I I'll suppose. tell you this much. If David, David, if Dimitri and Diego have the same relationship as David and Derek, and, like, Diego is, like, this really annoying, overbearing older brother who won't stop, I'll disown them. No, you won't. I don't <laughs> think that's true. Uh, th- th- this was referenced a little bit by uh, Derek in his uh, – in his church speech the other day, his sermon, mm-hmm. uh, when he said, you know, you don't make excuses, you just move forward. And he's like, I can't, you know, not everybody in my family knows this or something along those Ooh. lines. But I don't think he was actually taking a shot. I think he was like, look, I'm going to make it look like I'm not with that. You know, I, I think it was all planned and coordinated. Uh, but, yeah, he, he referenced this and said, uh, you know, this is not my, my words. This is my brother's words, and he's speaking for himself. Uh, so... You know that's certainly an interesting uh, part of part of the equation here, but there is a lot. I was just trying to figure out. I'm looking back. David was never on the Raiders. When did Mark Davis try to trade him? Yeah, I don't know. Like there was like a there was a weird tweet out there. Like at some point there was like it said something along the lines of like, you know, trade trade Carr, but not Derek. I like him, and it was one of the Davises that was like quoted as saying that. Was he on the practice squad at one point? No. Was he? Maybe he misspoke and maybe said his name wrong no because he said me no he did right but i'm saying maybe it was a joke like maybe mark davis at one point was saying oh i see what you're saying and so maybe i don't I, I can't figure it out i don't so know he's making a joke like oh it didn't really work out because i wasn't on the team maybe try to trade for him Are the car brothers on the team on the, the same team no, i think before he oh, okay maybe either way it was wow. a weird tease clip thing for his podcast. Sure. He also, here's the thing where I don't have respect for people like a David Carr. He clearly in the clip takes a shot at Tom Brady. He very clearly does. Yeah. Where he says to Raiders fans, oh, you might get Tom Brady. Did you like watching that the other day? In reference sure. to the Monday night loss to well, the Dallas Cowboys. Let's also, let's, let's get it all. I, I think that's fair. Like, Tom Brady did call Derek Carr a MFer. Oh, yeah. No, no. I think it's fair, too. Yeah. Where I'm going is stick by it. Sure. Because he came out. That's where I lose respect. Say, yeah, I took a shot at him. He called my brother a mother effer. You know what I mean? Like, I think he stinks. 
Like, don't come out and be like, I wasn't taking a shot at him. Like, no, just say you were. That's where I lose respect. I don't care about the shot. Go ahead and take it. If that's your brother, all that kind of stuff, I'm totally down with that. But stick by it. Yeah, I mean, I guess the only the only thing I would say is if he can't do that because he is a quote-unquote commentator on NFL Network and might have to call a Tom Brady game or discuss Tom Brady. He's not thinking about that. You never know. Is he on calls? No, but if he has to talk about him in a segment or something. No, he wimped out. That's exactly what he did. Sure. I mean, I think that's probably the more accurate. <laughs> exactly. He completely wimped out. So we have no update yet, but cars are in the news, and they're going to be for a while. Always. Right. Always. Every single time. Sure. Also in the news, my guy, Jim Ursay. Can I just say, I went back and watched, you're a Parks and, Rec, Parks and Recs guy, right? Parks a and Rec. Bit, yeah, sure. Do you remember the episode where they give, um, I think is it Andy? They bring him down to uh, Lucas Oil Stadium for his birthday. Yeah. And he gets to visit like Andrew Luck and Reggie Wayne and Jim Ursay. Sure. And, boy, Jim Ursay does not come across very well in that thing. He's a weird dude. He's man. a really weird guy. And we get this, re- is this a report? Do you call this a report? Uh, yeah, I think so. So set this. Uh, we we finally understand why Josh McDaniel said deuces. He he pulled a yeah. He the Colts had yes. him hired. The Colts were going to hire him. Pun. That was the expected. Yeah, that was a good one. <laughs> the Colts were going to hire him. It was all but said. They had the press conference ready, and then he jilted them, left them at the altar, flushed the contract. Yep, decided I'm not going. Another and problem. now we potentially have details as to why. So walk us through this. So, according to the story, so the, as, you, as you laid out, that is what happened, that Josh McDaniels accepted the job, yep. went to have a press conference, and before the press conference said, you know what, I can't do this, I'm changing my mind, I'm not going to be a part of it. Supposedly, and I, we can't get the exact timeline, there's a lot of dispute on this, but it sounds like Josh McDaniels accepted the job, Jim Irsay flies to New England to, I believe, fly Josh McDaniels and his family back to Indianapolis for the presser. And while he's there meeting them, getting to know the family, how you doing, Jim Irsay at some point says, I have to go use the restroom. And he's in there for over an hour. And this leads Josh McDaniel's wife, according to the report, to say to Josh, I don't think we can do this. Like, I don't think I'm going to be able to work for you to work with this guy. There is a problem here. That's disrespectful. This is, uh, by the way, courtesy of, I didn't realize he had this title now, NFL insider Dan Dockich. I think that's a, a, like a, a, a shot. I mean, yeah, I guess maybe did he change his, t- out, his title too because his, his uh, bio says senior political insider, NFL insider, yeah. outkick.com. Yeah. I, think he's, I think he's, this is his foray into being an NFL insider. Okay. And obviously Dan Dockich is a Indianapolis person sure. who's around the team, I think is, is close with Ursay. Probably came from him, or actually not from him. I was say, why would he come from Ursa? That's, that's a good point. Uh, there's people around Ursa. He's got like an entourage that he travels with, security and business people and that sort of thing. Um, supposedly travels with them everywhere. I heard that uh, from another report. That that probably is where the leak came from. Um, first, I guess first, the first thing, do you believe it? And I say yes. I would say so I say yes, because we've all had that moment where we've had to spend time in the bathroom. Over the an question, hour? Well, I mean, I've had bubble guts before. It's been a while, sometimes. And it sometimes length of time gets exaggerated. You're right. It's a, the story, the telephone game, right? You know, maybe it was more like 20 minutes, and it just turned into an hour in the storytelling and the passing on of said story. The real question is, was it 
like tummy problems or was it happy fun time? Well, that's that's obviously a big issue. That, that has been an issue with Ursay in the past. Right. So it's not the, – the funny way to go and the humor thing is he was pulling a full Dumb and Dumber, you know, toilet broken, just clogged the projectile. To- you ever clogged somebody else's toilet? No, it, that's not, a, not a person, It's though. a mortifying feeling. Well, Cofield has talked about it, that he did it at a – he was a delivery guy. Egg, he was delivering eggs, and specifically. And he, he stopped at a deli to deliver their eggs. He used their bathroom and clogged their toilets. I, I <laughs> then he had terrible. to come deliver eggs the next day. <laughs> <laughs> and the guy called him out. Yeah. Uh, for, well, why wouldn't it? Um, so, I mean, obviously the funny way to go is that he was in there doing that, and that's what happened. The, the, the more real and maybe troubling issue is that he right. was, yes um, – partaking in some illicit activities inside the bathroom, and that's why he was in there. Um, and it has been an issue for, you know, documented issue for Ursay in the past. I don't know which is worse. I will say this. Is it, if somebody comes over to your house to, that's hi- hiring you, and they do this, is it enough to be like, yeah, I don't think I can work with this person? I mean, clearly. Unless they make, I think they have to make a joke about it, right? Right. Well, but and that's the other thing. It's like you clearly it's also can I do I take the serious somewhat serious route and go clearly Josh McDaniels is operating from an area of privilege because if somebody was coming to me and being like, hey, I'm going to hire you for millions of dollars, but I got to use a bathroom really quickly. Like, take two hours, Jim. I'll take the job <laughs> sure. when you get out. Right? But how long would he have to be in there for you to not want it to, or for your wife? To say, you can't work with this person. <laughs> He's just been in our bathroom for four hours. No, Isabel's too nice. She'd be like, don't bother him. I'd be like, it's three hours. She'd be like, no, no, no. Go. Right. <laughs> don't bother him. He's okay. It's disturbing it in is. many ways. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what the worst case scenario is. I don't know what, you, what the least thing you'd want somebody to be doing in I there. I think what would be fun is which of these NFL owners like, would you rank? Like, Who are the top five NFL owners you would least like to have in your bathroom? I mean, Ursay's up there because <laughs> all the all the different things he can do. Uh, that's a good. I mean, I, I feel yeah. like the old guys are probably having some issues. Oh, right. Like the Woody some, Johnson needs some assistance. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, I've got the rail. Yeah. In there. <laughs> what, what do you do if they if they call out like, "Hey, can somebody come in here and help?" Oh, like, boy. no, man, no. <laughs> I think this is enough for, to be a deal breaker. Tell you what, I have more respect as a Colts fan. I was like, "Screw Josh McDaniels." Now, I understand. He's a family man. I think you made the right call. Who was disturbed. Mark Davis clearly used his bathroom in an adequate and timely fashion. Right? When he came over. Or used it before he went to the house. I mean, that's the smart move. You never use somebody else's private bathroom. Never. In their own domicile. Never. It's an awkward exchange, especially when you got to go number two. What if you, you just would have went in the backyard and buried it? <laughs> oh, boy. Is that better or worse? I feel like it'd be worse, to be honest with you. Um, I'd rather have him outside. We we actually do know, we we know someone who uh, was hosting a holiday party at okay. their house, and everybody left except for one person. Okay, and that person, everybody's kind of like, well, when is this guy leaving? Because the family is waiting, and like, hey, he's why is he still here? And he proceeded to go into the bathroom for over fifteen minutes, Blow and up. then just come back out and just sit on the couch, like, oh, what are we doing next? Oh boy, that's awkward. Is that the last the person's last invite to your house? Yes, that's a hundred percent. Especially okay. depending on how long it takes them to leave. Absolutely. Um, we all have nightmares that we all have to deal with in life. Traffic is yeah, well, traffic's one of them. Okay. Um, bathroom nightmares are that too. Yeah. Um, when we come back, let's talk about what's happening with Dropicana. I have not experienced this yet, 
And um, it's not at its worst yet. No, and what it's going to look like going forward, because I have to tell you, like I, I have, I told Steve this yesterday when we were leaving the show. I think I've got a real problem. The rage I feel when I drive with you people out there on the roads is to a level where I think it's detrimental to my health. Join Cofield and company on Fridays for the 3 to 6 show at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar. There's nothing like a football Friday at Treasure Island. Jack just hasn't had been the same driving force for us. It was the start of the year on both ends of the ice. So expectations are not being met from Jack, assessing his play. He needs to be better for us, uh, you know, especially we're, we're down a few guys that create offense for us. So he needs to be one of the drivers. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Golden Knights head honcho, Bruce Cassidy, on the uh, lack of production of one Jack Eichel. We talked about that earlier. See, the head honcho, he can, get, he can get fired. I mean, I guess of the team, the player personnel. I don't know, I just like the term, the big cheese. I guess the GM and owner would be more big cheeses. Sure. And the pres- McPhee, the president, yeah. would be it's higher. Right. Right. So what would he be? It's like fourth, fourth fiddle. I feel like in the in the rankings of coaches and people in power, Honcho's not that high. Head Honcho? Yeah, that's number one. Like head Honcho is 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 higher on the level of the corporate ladder than the big cheese. I would think they're equal. Okay, I think that's the same position. Whoever's number one. All right, all right. I misspoke. I oh, head Honcho is pro- if you're going to say one's ahead, head Honcho has to be ahead of big cheese. So he can be head coach, but he's not head honcho. Yeah, okay. I think so. All right, all right. I apologize. Well, Bruce Cassidy on Jack Eichel. That's the important part. Knights, as uh, Steve so eloquently put it. Is Jack Eichel, the big the cheese of the team? Is he? The, would you say he's their best player? Mark Stone is up there. I mean, so Eichel's he's probably the most talented cheese. player. Yeah. Sure. Most flavorful cheese? Now we're, now we're just getting – now it's just getting ridiculous. Uh, not ridiculous. Carlos Santana. House of Blues. Two tickets. February 5th. Residency runs January through February. Tickets available at Ticketmaster.com. Check it out. You can get these tickets now. 702-364-1100, 702-364-1100. We'll go caller number 11. Call up Ari. Get some tickets. Go see Carlos Santana at the House of Blues. All right. So, enough bathroom talk. Now we've got to talk about the real deal. Drop a canna. So I was actually, I, I didn't realize this was happening until like four days ago. And then I saw it, like, pop up on my feed. Way, and to, keep, like, way to keep up. Reading on it. Yeah, I got to do more of my local stuff. You know, I get my email every because, morning. Is it because tweets now come in, like, four days after they were posted? Well, what's the For You page thing? What is that? It's terrible. That's a night. And you know what terrible. irritates Not to get off topic, but I will. Go. Stop giving it to me automatically. I'm tired of swiping back to my feed, right? Because every time I'm on my computer or on my phone, it automatically goes back to the For You thing. I don't want it. Well, TweetDeck's always been... Uh, chronological, right. yep. Yep. and so I stick with that. Uh, Tweetcaster, which I use on my phone, switched over to For You, and I immediately oh. immediately switched back. Like, no, this is not going to happen. Go chronological. Because the really weird thing about it is because people like to like instantly react on Twitter sometimes, and they'll just get a, wow, because everybody's watching the same game. And, like, three days later, you get a wow, and you're like, what is this about? Yep. I have no idea. Yep. It has to be chronological. It's the only way to go. And, and sometimes it's not even tweets that are, like, like well-liked. Like, I no. thought it would be, like, you know, like some really popular tweets with a lot of traction. I'll get, like, one that's, like, two days ago, two likes. And I'm like, why? I don't need this. Yeah, why is this coming up now? Much like I don't need more traffic. Way to get back on top. That's right. That's what I do, man. 
So for those, I mean, I would I would assume everybody knows, but for those who don't, Tropicana. it's part of the uh, this this phase of the what three hundred five million dollar Tropicana Interchain project called Dropicana. Where correct well, me if I'm wrong, and likes yeah. to come up with creative names for, you know, why drop? Because they're dropping they're off. Dropping the, it. Yeah? Well, they're knocking it down. Yeah. Okay. So Dropicana. It's really dumb. Um, I like it. Correct me if I'm wrong. You probably so are. going southbound. On the 15, correct? The exits at Trop are essentially getting the Well, Trop, the exit southbound to Trop, right. east, gone. gone. Yeah, done. That huge flyover bridge, ridiculous right. monstrosity, gone. Love driving on that thing. It's, it's fun. It's like, fast. A, it's like playing uh, Rainbow Road on Mario Kart. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's like that. Feel powerful. Sure. There's also, it's to the point, so this started on Tuesday at 9 p.m., um, the ramp to westbound Tropicana is going to close for nine months. Fire at eastbound Tropicana expected to shut for 18 months. That's the ridiculous part. Of course. We can't do this quicker. We don't have the technology to do this thing quicker. It's Tropicana, bro. By the way, how long how long till the Super Bowl is here? Yeah. Well, that's the other thing. 13 months? Okay. What are, like, Formula yeah. One? Seven months? Isn't there, I don't know, isn't there still an NHL season going on? Ten months. Like, uh, isn't there like a lot going on still? Well, the NHL arena is nowhere close to Dropicana. But still, just more people no, are here. Is it, I'm, I'm saying. saying it's right there. I know. Right there. It's wild. Wild. But Good thing the Pro Bowl is not coming. Now, it is. Uh, at oh, the same okay. time, uh, there will also be a full NFL season with, <laughs> this, with this going on. At the same time, when it's done, you would expect that will be very good, be helpful. This is going to be a nightmare for the next year, year and a half. But you would hope that when it's done, it'll be great. Uh, that interchange is a mess. It's an absolute mess. Now, I would take mess over not having it for 18 months. But once it's done, we'll see the benefits. <laughs> okay. 18 months, civilization could be over right now, by then. But you'll be, you'll be on to bigger and better things in another market, for sure. I mean, that's of course. I'll be in New York. It's in a high-rise building, it's not, well, luckily looking no, down on the people. There's no construction or traffic in New York. Yeah, so I'll get away from you'll it. You'll be fine. I, I just, I can't, I don't know. I feel like when, because, you know, we're obviously a local station, so maybe I'm saying things that a lot of people uh, hear or say in their time, but I just, I can't anymore. There's everywhere I go, cones, traffic, construction. Everybody has no idea what to do with it half the time. And the things that are being worked on, like, this is important. You're right. But, like, I've said this so many times on this show. Can we do something about the 15 going north when you're getting on at, like, Russell, right? We're just bottlenecks into one little lane. Can we just do something about that? 15 north on to Russell? No, getting off, like, getting on from Russell. Or if you're coming from, oh. you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Or you're getting off in, you know, 215 well, and you're I getting it through. At some point, this, has, this will involve that. It's got to. That's a nightmare. Yeah. That gets like 60 cars deep every time. It's preposterous. Going from 215 to 15 north. Yeah. 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 It's it's terrible. And that little, like, that access road, which is supposed to be great, is not. There's too many cars there. I had to take that here. merges. It's a mess. Total mess. It's no fun. I pray for all of you who have to deal with it. Because we also might be getting, I mean, Vegas is going to be in the contention for these neutral site championship games when they... Oh, are official, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So for those who haven't seen the news, and like Florio has talked about this and many others, um, the tickets went on sale for the neutral site AFC Championship game, and we'll talk about this with Eric Eager on the other side. 
But those tickets went on sale. They were snatched up. And now they're thinking about doing conference championship games on neutral sites because it's just money, right? You can get a ton of money for all of those. Vegas will probably be in contention for that. I guess it's good that we're doing this, but holy crap. Is it good? I guess. For, I mean, you mean for us it's good? Yeah. Sure. I mean, I, I, it'll be great. We'll have it. We'll be in the rotation <laughs> for sure. They should do all the championship games here, but then they wouldn't get the money from two different cities, so that's why they won't. But, yeah, every event is going to be great. Every event will be great here. We'll get every event. We love it. It's awesome. Uh, but I don't know that it's good for the game or the fans. But who cares about them? No. And I, I'm joking about that. I'm saying that's how the league feels. We should care. But they don't. They don't care, and they never will. We might have an AFC championship game on a neutral site. Let's talk about the matchups that will decide that with Eric Eager, who joins us next. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve Cofield and at Adam Hill LVRJ or tweet the show at Cofield and Co. They don't want to tinker too much with Josh Allen. They don't because he brings so much great. It's the good with the bad. And if you can hold up, though, and and that's what it is, if you can hold up and if this defense can get some takeaways themselves, they can then help Josh. Because you you know every game he's in for something spectacular. But every game lately he's also in for some disaster. Hang in at the Golden Circle Sportsbook and Bar inside Treasure Island. It's Cofield and Company. Dan Rossini. ESPN. Sounded like probably had like a little, little bit of a cold going on. We all got something going on nowadays. Sounded a little Rough. stuffy. I've yeah. uh, been, been visiting someone in the hospital a lot lately, and uh, man, there's a lot of people sick right now. Uh, hopefully, tough. Eric Eager, uh, VP of R&D over at Super Sports, is not feeling under the weather. Eric, it's good to talk to you. Thank you very much for the time. I wanted to open up with something we were talking about right before we had you on. So not a surprise, the NFL's eyes have become wide because they're seeing how much these tickets are going for in this uh, neutral site and how popular it's going to be for an AFC championship game. Now it's being reported that they're considering doing neutral site conference championship games. What is your response to the people who are like, hey, what's the point of winning the one seed now? We don't get home field in a championship game. My, my response would be that you as a Chiefs fan have done nothing relative to a Raiders fan in terms of earning anything. So... The NFL is about, about you know, profit sharing and puffing up the cities that the teams play in. So I have no problem with it, frankly, because, you know, A, the Chiefs have gotten to host that title game four straight years. Time to give it to somebody else. And also, uh, you know, the NFL is all about making money. And the more money they make, the better the product, generally speaking, becomes. And what bigger picture, right, if they adapt to this model, like, hey, we're going to neutral sites for AFC and NFC championship games going forward. Uh, I think a lot of people don't really understand, like, the value of home field versus the value of the buy. Like, the buy is more important than getting to play a potential championship game at home, no? It is, but I also think, like, the, the difference in value between the one seed and the two seed has grown so substantially that doing this, like, we're not going to go back to, you know, six playoff teams. So what this does is it, it gets the two seed into a closer concert with the one seed, which is generally speaking probably fine, right? Like, uh, you know, Brady's, you know, Brady's Patriots got the two seed just as much as they got the one seed. Same with Pat with the, with the Chiefs. And like, I think, you know, it just kind of, it evens it out a little bit in the sense of like, you know, you know, people were mad that the Chiefs got the one seed in this situation. And I understand it because the difference between the one seed and the two seed is so huge, despite the fact that the Chiefs, you know, probably didn't deserve that big of a playoff advantage this year. Uh, I had no intention of asking you about this, but I just saw a tweet that I was alerted to that you sent. 
Uh, there are people that don't think Sean McDermott is awesome. Dude, it is out. I, I Sean McD- like that franchise didn't make the playoffs since like what Todd Cotlin or like Doug Flutie, and like now we're trying to drag the guy. I mean, he's great. That's a, that's a great franchise, by the way. All you know, all over the place. Les Frazier, Sean McDermott, obviously Kafka or not Kafka. Uh, uh, Dorsey. Dorsey, Gable comes from there. Takes a bad New York Giants team to the playoffs. Like that guy's a wagon. I don't understand what people are talking about. It's it, it's. I, I don't even know how to like. I haven't dug down the rabbit hole yet. I will because I was alerted to it by your tweet. But uh, that's pretty crazy. There, look. I think I would. I would imagine, and I've dealt with this a little bit, that people are just such Josh Allen stands that everything that ever goes wrong with the Bills is everyone else's fault. And everything that's right is Josh Allen by himself. And I think that's probably where this comes from. But they're they're good on special teams. They're good on defense. They're good everywhere. Like, that's coaching. And they had a ton of injuries this year. You know, Von, have they lost since Von Miller tore his ACL? No. <laughs> um, you know, they, Trey White was out for a lot of the year. Uh, Kahir Elam wasn't exactly a great first-round pick so far yet. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, Again, they try like the front office tried to tank in 2017, and McDermott made the playoffs instead. Like I, with with Tyrod Taylor, like this is a good football team, and I just don't understand. Uh, you know, again, like yeah, they can't beat Mahomes. Mahomes is the best quarterback maybe in NFL history, and so yeah, you know, you you, you beat. They only go 500 against him. That that yeah, that to me is not a reason that he sucks. So big game for them this weekend. We'll stick with with. The Bills, they're playing the Bengals. I think the Bengals have been great. I'm very, very concerned about the offensive line issues. Uh, what happens in this game? Well, I think that what's interesting is, like, this Bills – so both teams, in my opinion, are kind of like Kansas City last year where they start out a little slow and then uh, they, they, they emerge at the end, but they're kind of out of gas when they end up playing this 2-3 game. And so, uh, you know, both of these teams had to play four quarters last week, so they're both worn out. And the Bills – because of the Von Miller injury that I talked about, are not the ideal of what they want to be. Like, this is a team that wants to rush for and, and play coverage, and I think if they were able to, they'll kill the Bengals this week. But I don't think they can. And, and evidence by last week against the Dolphins' O-line that's not particularly good, they brought Milano eight times, they brought Edmonds eight times, they brought uh, Teron Johnson off the corner tw- twice, and they brought Trey White off the corner twice. This is a team that doesn't trust its pass rush, and if they don't and they bring people off the edge, if, if, if Cincinnati's wide receivers are going to be able to roast them if they do that. What do you make of where this number is right now? It's pretty It's pretty dead. What We're still sitting around that five number uh, for Buffalo. Where would your money be if you're talking about a side here? Yeah, I like I like Cincinnati. I yeah. even think like in, in situations like this where you're going to get high-scoring games, total of 49, um, I actually like the NFL five now um, in the sense that if you get down by 11 – you don't have to sweat out. Like I remember two years ago, three years ago, it was like Seattle, Green Bay, and you, you take Seattle plus four and a half. They get down 11, they score, and they go for two, and, you're, and you, you, know, you take a sack, and now you're down five and not coming four and a half. So I, I, like, I like Cincinnati here, and I like the number. I think if you get out to six, it's an auto bet, but I like Cincinnati. I actually think Cincinnati wins. Yeah, I should note that uh, South Point went to six real quick, came back down. Win out here in Las Vegas is also sitting at six as we speak. Uh, let's go to Dallas, San Francisco. Uh, you know, I think we like we have a lot of in the wild card round, right, Eric, where a lot of people see the results and then we remember what we saw last, so automatically that team has to have momentum. They're playing pretty well. What would you make of Dallas's performance and now 
facing a defense like San Francisco's, which is, I think, a, a little bit better than what Tampa Bay was putting forward at the end of the year. Yeah, Tampa was just drawing dead. And, <laughs> and, and you know, it's, it's so hard because we, we didn't see Tampa get absolutely drilled by the Bengals after getting up. We didn't, you know, we, we didn't see them getting drilled by the Niners. We saw a decent performance against the Panthers and them resting guys, and we're like, and and having you know, what was it? Was it David Blau? Who was the? No, it was like, it was some like CFL quarterback that they barely beat on Christmas, and uh, and then you know, all of a sudden, no, we and I I fell prey to it too. We all see value on Tom Brady getting three at home in the playoffs. I think the first time he's ever an underdog at home in the playoffs, and um, you know, I, I think Dallas, you know, you know, rightfully beat them up. Um, to me, this game is all about whether or not Dak Prescott throws all the interceptions or throws all the touchdowns. I think he's really, you know, Stafford-like in how he can be Jekyll and Hyde. Um, I think the number is probably perfect in this one just because the Niners, you know, I think from a roster standpoint, a coaching standpoint, they're better. It just depends upon can Dak overcome that. He is a much better quarterback than Purdy um, on his best day, but do you get his best day? Are you in on the teaser that everybody else is going to be on, the Chiefs and Eagles teased down? Well, I think I owe your listeners a little bit here. If, if, you, if the Chiefs are eight and a half, heck yeah, tease that thing down to two and a half. Um, you know, tease uh, the, the uh, Eagles down to one, you know, one and a half, two. But if the Chiefs are nine, which I think they are in most of the markets, yep. and you don't, don't tease that, you're not getting enough points for it to make sense, lay the points with the Chiefs or lay the points with the Eagles. Just make one bet. Don't, don't try to force it there. Uh, the only thing that is valuable in teasers is the key numbers. And if you're not getting all the way to two and a half on that teaser with Kansas City. Don't do it. Just lay the points with whichever side, whichever favorite you like, better on Saturday, which in my, in my case, I like the Eagles a little bit better than I like the Chiefs, um, but I like both of them on Saturday. I'm on the Eagles, too. I like them. How concerned should we be about Jalen Hurts playing one game fairly injured in the last month and a half? A little bit, but, you know, we've seen that before, right? The last time the Eagles – I mean, the Eagles have had this a couple times when they've been one seed. 2004 with Andy Reid, they, they lost Terrell Owens. Uh, but and the last two games they kind of stack guys. They they got the bye, and you know we we forgot you know over that time how important the bye was. They blew out the Falcons. They blew out the Vikings. They went and made the Super Bowl with Andy Reid. Uh, and then a couple of years ago in 2017, uh, you know they 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 lost their quarterback again, and they looked horrible in the last few games of the year. They were dogs to Atlanta uh, in the divisional round. They were dogs to the Vikings in the in the a- NFC Championship game. They beat both of them. I, I think that this is you know we've we've. You know, absence makes the heart grow less fond in in football just because of all the media and stuff. I think the Eagles are being slept on here. They were up nineteen nothing in that game that everybody's like using as proof that the Eagles aren't strong anymore. Um, I, I think that the Eagles blow them out here in this one. Eric, we appreciate the time before you get out of here. Let everybody know Super Sports, what's going on over there, the podcast, and uh, everything you offer. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot of B two B stuff, but right now we have at Sumer Sports on Twitter. We had we had a nice little tweet today that kind of went viral with coaching stuff, and then the Sumer Sports Show with myself and former Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov is on YouTube, Spotify, wherever you can find your podcast. A really fun show to do with Thomas. I watch it regularly; it's totally Me worth too. it if you haven't. So, uh, Eric, thanks for the time, man. Really appreciate it. Adam, thanks for having me on. Take care, man. <laughs> got it. Thanks. Look at that. Yeah, Adam, me. thanks oh, yeah. for having me exactly. on. Exactly. Exactly. That's how we roll. It's one of those where I, I think. It. If you were to point it out, Eric would be like, oh, yeah, I know who that is. But, of like, course. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, we don't know. We don't know. We'll never know. He didn't say your name. No, he did not. And I don't think he ever is. All right. We'll take our break. Second hour. Steve Cofield is allegedly going to make an appearance See, at that, some point. I think he's busy trolling on Twitter right now. So. Oh, boy. All right. We'll get to the bottom of that and uh, much more as Cofield and company rolls on here on ESPN 1100, 100.9 FM.